Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your girl, Rokita, right here back at you again on the Onstage Plus TV network, ready to give you some more NFL updates. Yep, that's right. So I can no longer really say officially off season because actually back in March, the 2022 league season officially began. So uh, while there's no games actually being played, the new season has already started. So um, I'm still here, though, to give you your updates because obviously there's no highlights on any of the games. But there have been plenty of things going on across the league since the last game was played. And that was three months ago, back in February, February 10th. I believe was the Super Bowl of 2022. So that was the last actual football game we've seen. Super Bowl 56, Cincinnati Bengals and LA Rams. So um, I can't really give you any highlights, but if you have been watching me and you've been sticking here with me in Rose Corner, then you know you should be pretty much caught up to date with everything that's going on around the league. So at first, I'd like to begin by saying thank you for joining me here on the Onstage Plus TV network, where you can find me every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can find the Onstage Plus TV network on all of your major streaming sites, uh, Amazon, Roku, Hulu. You'll find tons of entertainment, not just myself, but plenty of other shows uh, to keep you entertained. All right. So uh, look, again, I've kept you up to date on plenty of things that have been happening around the league. So much has happened. Uh, we've had the NFL Combine. We've had Pro Scouting Day. We had uh, Free Agency Day, Free Agency Frenzy, lots of trades going on. So we've had all of the events that have actually led up to the biggest event that happened uh, this past weekend. And that's right, that was the 2022 NFL Draft. It took place April 28th through April 30th. So yeah, three-day event, seven rounds in the heart of Las Vegas, right there on the Strip. So I'm excited to talk about the draft because if you've seen the draft, it was full of fans, full of people, okay? Not just players and prospects, and they had other players there, but tons of people and fans. And speaking of fans, uh, I'm a really big fan of a fan that was there that Roger Goodall actually called up on the stage, and I just happened to walk away, and I come back from the TV, and guess who's sitting there? Mr. Ice Cube himself. That's right. If you know me, you know I'm a big Ice Cube fan. Yay, yay. Yeah, 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 just kidding. Okay, but no, for real, I'm a big Ice Cube fan, so it was really exciting to see him get called up there. In fact, right after he got off stage, they said he broke the microphone because everyone else that came up to talk after him, you couldn't even hear what they were saying. So all around Twitter was, did Ice Cube break the microphone? Because he did get up there pretty pumped and pretty loud, which is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of him. But uh, again, this is about the draft and there were tons of people there that wanted to be a part of the draft. So uh, we're going to talk about the draft today. We'll find out did uh, many of those prospects that were in the mock drafts, did those picks stay the way they were? Okay, because I can only imagine what these players are going through, not just um, moments before they're being called, 
but we're talking about days and months prior to this. So the things they're going through, the work they're putting in at the combine, uh, but during the off season, the things that we don't see, I'm sure it's got to be so stressful, even for their families, because, you know, this is a family type thing. This is something these prospect players cannot do on their own. They've got their coaches and, and trainers behind them, but you know, this is a big, pretty major event for going into the NFL. So I completely enjoy covering this just as much as I enjoyed covering the combine because now you get to see, did these players that stood out at the combine and pro days and, you know, did their standards, um, you know, stand up, do it. Were they able to still be where they were supposed to be in the draft? And so, uh, that's what I want to talk about today. We'll find out, um, what team got the overall first pick, uh, which happened to be the same team that had most of the, uh, most of the picks in the NFL draft. Um, find out for me, actually, we're going to talk about who I thought was probably one of the biggest upsets in the draft. And, um, you know, a couple other stories that I wanted to cover a story on how there's always a person named Mr. Irrelevant in the 2022 22 draft or every year in the draft. So this year we'll find out who was deemed Mr. Irrelevant. And of course, uh, why he got that name. So, um, all right, let's get started. Come on over. I've talked about everything. Let's get into the NFL draft. Join me right now in Rose Corner. All right. So, uh, you know, again, outside of the actual NFL season, anybody that knows me knows I'm a big football fan. I am a big football fan. That is why I do this because I don't just love the sport of football. I love everything that comes with it. I love, you know, the players. I love what football does. It brings families and friends together. Um, so I'm a big football fan with everything associated with football. But when it comes to people, and these players, I particularly love to hear their stories and focus on a lot of these players, not just on the field, but some of the things they do off the field. So if you caught me a few weeks ago, I talked about what these players did in their off time when the season is over. And that's something I enjoy. You know, they're people like us, you know, like what do they do when football's over? Of course, you know, they're playing in a sport, they're playing and, and their lives are a little bit different than ours, but they're still people. And what do these people do on their off time? So I covered, you know, vacation places where they go and, you know, things they like to do with their um, charities that they donate to. So there's a lot that goes on with these players. And uh, that's what I love. I love these players. Um, I love some of the stories that I read about, um, you know, during the draft, lots of stories. Because look, Let's face it, you know, these young men are putting everything on the line. You know, they are ready to make a lifetime change by playing this game at the highest level possible. And that's in the NFL league. So, you know, they're making a lot of sacrifices. They are doing a lot. So uh, hearing a lot of these stories is always so touching uh, because you just get to really find out who these players are. And so one of the stories I read about was a player that um, actually made it in the second round. He was the 55th pick in the second round, and that was Trey McBride. Yeah, so Trey McBride played for Colorado State, and he went to the Arizona Cardinals, which, 
if you've been following me, you know I'm also a Cardinals fan. So um, that's where he went, okay? Here you have, also, he was the first tight end even picked in the draft. That's right. So 55th overall pick, remember the name, Trey McBride, first tight end picked. Because if you were watching this draft or anything leading up to it, then you know this draft was all about defense this year. But so anyways, uh, what makes Trey's story so interesting is that Trey was joined uh, by not one, but two of his moms. Uh, Kate and Jen joined Trey, making him the first NFL player with uh, two openly same-sex parents. So I thought that was interesting, one, because... I haven't heard of any other stories or any other players coming out. And two, um, you know, if you paid attention to some of the things I talked about um, with the NFL league meeting, one thing the NFL has been trying to do is bring a lot of, um, you know, equality um, in the NFL, whether we're talking about minorities um, and uh, female coaches joining the staff now. So the NFL is you know trying to make its way with making sure they stay with what's going on uh, with the times and situations that we're in so it was actually nice to read this story about trey mcbride of course you can read it more yourself um, because he talks about growing up with two same-sex parents and some of the adversities he went through but um ultimately he realized that he just had extra love and lots of support and they are who helped him get to the level where he was at now so you know six foot four 245 pounds i'm sure we will not forget mr trey mcbride so um, again you know the nfl is never just about um, you know, the draft and combine and all those things. It's about these players and the things they go through, what they sacrifice and they're people just like us. So, uh, the other thing is, you know, if I'm giving you these updates, I'm giving them to you my way. And so a lot of times my way has to do with a lot of these players. And, uh, that's what it's about without these players we wouldn't have football. So I can certainly appreciate getting to know a lot of these new players coming into the league. I mean, of course, you know, we won't get to know them all, but we will pretty much get to see um, who's doing what. So um, who had the first pick? Who had all the picks in the NFL draft? Well, that was your Jacksonville Jaguars. They had the most picks this year in the 2022 NFL draft, of course. Um, but look, let me just pause for a minute. If you caught me last season, you heard me talk about a lot of first and historical things that happened last year in the NFL season. Um, for instance, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, first time in over 30 years, even making it to postseason. Okay, we've had um, we had players breaking individual records. We had um, wild card weekend, which consisted of three days now: a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of football. So there were a lot of firsts. If you caught me talking about the NFL Combine, then you know there were a lot of first this was the first season ever where the defensive people were running defensive players people people players uh positions were leading in the combine so that ought to set us up to what we know is getting ready to be happening this year in the 2022 nfl season because they completely 
took over. First year in history that um, your defensive ends and linemen ran that 40 the way they did. I mean, it was records being broken in the combine. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that in the NFL draft, this was the first time in over 30 years where the top five picks were all defensive players. We had two quarterbacks in the draft to go first round, and that didn't even really so much happen the way that it was supposed to happen. So surprisingly, uh, first five picks in the draft, all defensive side of the ball. Again, um, back to the Jaguars though. So of course, you know, they have the first overall pick as well as all the picks. And who do they go with? Of course, Mr. Trayvon Walker. So Trayvon Walker, right up there. Here's another historical moment for you. So not only was this the year of defense, but this was the year of the Bulldogs. <laughs> That's right. Georgia Bulldogs were all over this NFL draft. And if you know anything about football, then you know, or you watch college football, they were the championships in 2021. And why were they the champions? Because of that defensive line. I got to tell you, the Bulldogs uh, put it down in the NFL draft. So there's no surprise that the number one pick came from none other Georgia Bulldogs. And that's why Trayvon Walker is going to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So again, historical things continue to keep going on in this NFL, um, in the NFL season. So I talked about last year, I just talked about how exciting the season was. We've been coming off of COVID. Things were finally open. Games were packed out. So um, a lot of things happened. It was probably one of the best seasons in NFL history. Uh, but now seeing what's happening here, I can't even wait for this new season 2022 to begin because um, here we're already starting off. Um, we got to talk about that. Like to me, it's just to have no quarterbacks like that when typically your first five picks, at least the first 10 picks involve a quarterback, but, um, that didn't happen so much this year, but you know, that's what makes this all so fun is because, you know, and so interesting, should I say is because things don't always turn out the way they should type, um, turn out Trayvon Walker. Okay. Uh, number one tight end, um, probably will be the number one tight end, uh, you know, coming up during this time rookie, should I say tight end, because he had some amazing numbers over there at Georgia state. Um, he's explosive with his speed, um, amazing with his hands. So, um, I'm sure he's going to help that George, uh, that Jacksonville Jaguar team out, uh, quite a bit. So he's going to be a fun one to watch. Okay. Um, all right. So that brings me to my next point, which may have been probably, uh, maybe not so much mine. It was surprising to see, but maybe one of the biggest upsets in the draft this year. Um, and of course that was with the Pittsburgh Steelers 20th pick in the first round of Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So again, I talked to you about these mock drafts and I don't really get into mock drafts that much, but, um, by the time combine came, Kenny Pickett was up there in like the top 10. So, um, it was really kind of interesting to see 
Kenny Pickett's numbers go down. But um, if you think about what's going on, if you think about this past season, okay, I think what happened is a lot of these teams start looking at what they really needed. And at the end of the day, I just don't think there was a need for quarterbacks like that because if you think about it, there is about 54 picks before the second quarterback was even picked. So at the end of the day, I think a lot of these teams got together and said, look, we're good on the quarterback side. We're good on the O-line. But in order to stop these teams to win games, we need a defensive line that's going to do that. And that's what we see happen is all of these players getting chose, getting these picks or on the defensive side of the ball. So for me, again, um, you know, watching Kenny Pickett and by the time number 10 got called, the number 10 pick, and we'll talk about those top 10, um, they show him, they show Kenny Pickett and his family like in the green room. And it was kind of weird. Um, I felt kind of bad because they looked like they were getting a little impatient or um you know like the anxiety level was kind of going up because here was a guy that really in most of the mock drafts were supposed to be um within the top 10 and we see him get picked by the pittsburgh steelers he was still in the first round he was just the 20th overall pick so uh again this is only the sixth time in um, draft era where you see only two quarterbacks go in in the first two rounds. Again, um, you know, setting some historical records already and the season has not already started. This show is sponsored by the Sean Rayford Experience. Sean Rayford has had an ongoing love affair with the sax and the way his musical talent has impacted so many people over the years of live performing, there is no doubt that the title of his full-length, highly anticipated album would be known as Man with a Horn. And the spark that created Man with a Horn, as well as many of its unique tracks, was a text message that Sean received from Derek D.O.A. Allen, a renowned bassist and producer amongst pop, R&B, and contemporary jazz artists such as Prince, Janet Jackson, Brian Culbertson, Toby Mack, and Lionel Richie, just to name a few. So whether he is the main attraction or he's opening up for performers such as singers, rappers, comedians, or even spoken word artists, Sean Rayford's presence is the centerpiece of any presentation, highlighting his artistry, his enthusiasm and showmanship, as well as his ability to be able to perform and express himself within a multitude of genres. You can get the Man with the Horn album on any streaming major platforms. For booking or interviews, please reach out to Sean at Sean Rayford Sachs at gmail.com or you can visit the website at www.seanrayfordsax.com that's seanrayfordsax.com so our second quarterback wasn't even taken until round uh, uh, what was that during the third round <laughs> So that was day two, third round, and that was Desmond 
Rider. Okay, so Desert Rider, if you listen to how this sounds, 74th overall pick. We're talking about a quarterback, folks. 74th. So that means between Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ryder, there were 54 players that got called before the second quarterback got called. So I don't know. That's just, you know, that's just something you don't see um, at all. I've never seen before since I've been watching football. However, football has been around for a long time. So it's been quite a while since you've seen where only two quarterbacks get in the NFL draft and get picked in the first couple rounds of the draft. So I got to say, just unheard of, just surprising, surprising. That's all. Um, what else? So Desmond Ryder, uh, the other surprising thing is he also got picked before Liberty's Malik Willis. So Malik Willis was another name that was actually up on there as well. So Malik Willis, um, he placed in the mock drafts like number five overall. So again, leading up to the draft, these quarterbacks were sitting actually pretty high when it came time to combine um, with um, pro scouting day. These players were pretty much up there. So to see what has happened. But again, if you look at what's happened, I think um, what happened here is a lot of teams realized where they needed most of the help was on the defensive side of the ball. So you have Desmond Ryder uh, was the second. He was actually picked before um, Malik Willis. And, um, you know, it, it's just different because statistically looking at it, um, Ryder, I think, uh, had the better record college-wise. So what I found out was Desmond Ryder played for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And um, I don't know about you, but I had not heard about the Cincinnati Bearcats, but he literally took them statistically. And I'm not a statistics person because look, you know, I love football, but I'm a people part of the football. I'm the player part of the football. And while player statistics definitely are important and, um, you know, reading these statistics, you can't help but be impressed. Um, I can't say I'm giving you your highlights from a statistical point of view. Can I say that statistical? Yeah. I'm giving to you my way from a people point of view, from a fan like yourself that just happens to love football. So, you know, I don't really look at the numbers, but when, of course, doing my research and having to study these things, um, Desmond Ryder literally took the Cincinnati Bearcats um, from a losing to winning season for like four years. I mean, they were like, four and eight by the, before he got there. By the time he got there, they ended up uh, 11 and one, I think. Uh, so his fourth year. So he literally took them from a losing team to a winning team. And so I think that was what kind of had him uh, getting picked before Malik Willis, because I will say uh, Malik Willis was within the top five. Coming out of the combine, he was up there. But um, also, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of experience starting. And uh, Liberty didn't have a bad record. I think they were 43rd among the teams. Um, but, uh, you know, Ryder had the better numbers. And so I think that's how he jumped over Willis is, again, between combine, pro day, 
and the draft. There's so many things that are going on. Interviews with these players, uh, numbers, statistics are coming up. So, um, you know, things change. And that's what made it so interesting about the NFL draft is that there were lots of changes and uh, trades are happening behind the scenes that we don't even really know about. And all of a sudden, someone's trading their pick from, um, you know, this year or, or next year, giving up a pick. So, you know, again, I don't get into the numbers part of this. I just like to cover the players and the games, <laughs> but it's a statistical game. I get it. So we have to cover numbers. All right. So, um, yeah, the draft. Uh, obviously we don't have time to go over every single person that got drafted, but, um, we will go through the top 10. I'm going to give you the top 10 who made it in this draft. Um, and once we go through the top 10, we'll talk about what's next for these players that just got drafted. All right. So we already know our number one pick was Trayvon Walker. That's right. Out of Georgia. Um, number two, staying in his hometown state of Michigan was Aiden Hutchinson. He went to the Detroit Lions. Now, Aiden Hutchinson was definitely a favorite, um, a favorite of mine as well. So uh, he was up there in the top 10. Um, amongst the mock drafts pretty much the whole time um, during mock drafts starting to happen from combine leading up. Your third overall pick was cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. He's headed to the Houston Texans. Uh, fourth overall, Ahmad Sauce Gardner headed to New York. So I loved seeing him as well. I think I like saying his name, Ahmad the Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Sauce Gardner to the New York Jets. Um, we have the fifth overall pick, which was Edge, Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay, so look, let me pause right here for a minute. So Kayvon Thibodeau stood out uh, at the combine. We won't go back into his numbers or anything. Um, he's from Oregon. He went over to New York. But the interesting thing about Kevin Thibodeau is I had been trying to say his last name for weeks. Trying to make sure I got it right. Um, looking at it, trying to figure it out. I've heard it a few times. And for some reason, I just don't really recall hearing Thibodeau the way I heard it called at the NFL draft. In fact, I think I called him Thibodeau at one point or Thibodeau at one point. And it's because the T-H-I is Thibodeau. So I learned that about him. But uh, the fun thing about watching Kayvon come out was how he came out. So if you watch the NFL draft, you know, Roger Goodall comes out. He makes the announcement, fifth overall pick, um, but he's usually joined by a guest or a group of people who actually get to call out the pick. So I think what made this one so interesting, of course, is that the young man that got to call out Thibodeau was from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He was a Make-A-Wish recipient, uh, which made this just all the better. Sam Prince was his name. And before um, Thibodeau gets called out and Roger Goodell announces it, Sam Prince comes out there and he's getting the crowd hyped. He's like, come on, come on, you go. He's got his New York jersey on. He's on stage. Like, we're about to turn up. And... I'm telling you, Kayvon comes out and it was just such a beautiful thing to see, to see him and Prince and, and Sam got to read and say your fifth overall pick going to the New York Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau. 
and the crowd, of course, with Sam as well, go wild. So I thought that was um, so cute. Um, and again, it's moments like those where you see you have fans from all over that are in love with this sport just as much as you and I are in love with this sport. And that's why I do this for the love of the sport, of course. All right, so moving on. Number six, six pick um, for the first round, offensive lineman out of North Carolina State. Another favorite of mine, there was quite a few favorites, Akeem Ikwanu. That's right. So I talked about him before in the past. Uh, he was up there. You see he's in the top 10. He was up there in the draft as well. But, um, you know, this kid, if you've seen him come out, if you ever see him, he's always got a smile on his face. Yes, he is always smiling. He has the biggest grin. And, you know, just kind of following his story a little bit, his mom said, that's all he did was smile. The kid has the biggest smile. She said he has the biggest heart. Uh, he's actually a twin. Okay. I learned that he was a twin. Uh, his mom and dad are actually from Nigeria, both of them, but they met in London. They met in London, moved to Charlotte and look, he gets to stay exactly where he grew up playing football. And that is in North Carolina because he went to the Panthers. That's right. That's Akeem Ikwanu. He was sixth overall pick. You have to look him up because the story uh, is such a good story. Uh, his parents didn't even want him playing football. In fact, he didn't start playing football till he was about nine, which I think is the average age for boys playing football sometimes younger, but he started with flag football. Okay. His parents did not want them playing football. In fact, uh, they had enrolled him in summer programs, um, in music, in theater. So they did other things, and it wasn't until they seen how this kid hit the field and how dynamic he was, where they were like, okay, we're going to let you play a little football. In fact, he was so dynamic on the field, he got the nickname Icky. If you get named Icky, Something must be pretty special about you out there on the field. So I cannot wait to see this young man play because, again, uh, his numbers look great, uh, but he's just an overall person. Everyone you talk to, everyone that brings him up says he is that person. He's the leader in the locker room. He's going to bring joy wherever he goes. So I'm excited to see what he does for the Carolina Panthers. All right. Seventh overall pick, we have Evan Neal of Alabama. He also went to the New York Giants. Eighth overall pick went to wide receiver Drake London of USC. He went to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, ninth overall pick, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, went to Seattle Seahawks. There you go. Uh, tenth overall pick was Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State to the New York Jets. A lot of players going over there to New York. New York Giants, um, you know, had a lot that they were adding um, to uh, their their team. So I will say, though, uh, Giants are adding some fire, if I can say that, to their defensive line because they had a pretty decent defensive line in 2021. So you got the Giants and the Jets up there, folks. So um, again, that's just your top 10 overall picks. That's all we have time to really go for. You can go back and look at all the picks and all the stories. This show is sponsored by the Sean Rayford Experience. Sean Rayford has had an ongoing love affair with the Sacks, 
and the way his musical talent has impacted so many people over the years of live performing, there is no doubt that the title of his full-length, highly anticipated album would be known as Man With A Horn. And the spark that created Man With A Horn, as well as many of its unique tracks, was a text message that Sean received from Derek D.O.A. Allen, a renowned bassist and producer amongst pop, R&B, and contemporary jazz artists such as Prince, Janet Jackson, Brian Culbertson, Toby Mack, and Lionel Richie, just to name a few. So whether he is the main attraction or he's opening up for performers such as singers, rappers, comedians, or even spoken word artists, Sean Rayford's presence is the centerpiece of any presentation, highlighting his artistry, his enthusiasm and showmanship, as well as his ability to be able to perform and express himself within a multitude of genres. You can get the Man With The Horn album on any streaming major platforms. For booking or interviews, please reach out to Sean at SeanRayfordSacks at gmail.com. Or you can visit the website at www.SeanRayfordSacks.com. That's SeanRayfordSacks.com. Okay. So um, that was your top 10. Uh, again, anything that has to do with football is always interesting to see and always interesting to watch because what it comes down to is these people, uh, these players who, um, you know, are, like I said, putting everything on the line and really trying to play this game at the highest level. So they sacrifice you know, family, family trips, bringing around their family, you know, they sacrifice being able to have, you know, the normal fun that you and I have with, you know, very restrictive diets and, and things that they have to do. So um, that's why I love the game and anything that you want to do, that you want to be the best of, there are going to be some sacrifices and these players make them all the time. So to see them at this level, the level of excitement and the celebrations that took place um, during the draft with their families was absolutely probably one of uh, the most exciting things to watch with the NFL draft. So that leads me to something that's maybe not so exciting for some people, but I will say, um, look, if there's a first pick, there's a last pick, right? There's a first pick, there's a last pick. So I may not have been able to go through all the picks, but I told you about the first, told you about the top 10, and I definitely have to mention who the final pick of the NFL draft was. And the reason I have to do that is because, look, nobody ever wants to go last, but we're talking about the NFL draft. So if you go last, at least you made it to the draft, right? Well... That's exactly how it was thought of when the San Francisco 49ers chose a quarterback out of Iowa State by the name of Brock Purdy. That's why the final pick of the NFL draft in 2022 went to the San Francisco 49ers. So um, what I thought was interesting about this is, you know, first of all, his attitude was great. And what happens with the last pick is that by the time the last round comes and the last pick is here, pretty much everyone is gone. 
Like the fans are gone. It's not as crowded as it was. A lot of these players have left, of course, to do their own celebrations, rightfully so. Um, but what started out years ago was the person that got called last was the person deemed Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> and there was a group of people that would notice the last player coming out and they would feel sorry for that person, but it was always like, oh, that's Mr. Irrelevant. That's the last player to get chosen. And I'm like, can you imagine being the last player? I mean, someone's got to go last, right? Someone's got to go last. Because you remember in elementary school when you were getting picked for a team, as long as you didn't get, go last, you were okay. But when you realized you were sitting in like the bottom three, you started to get a little nervous. And even if you got picked before the last person, you were excited that you were not the last person. But look, it's not the same here in the NFL draft. In fact, Brock Purdy, uh, his energy looked to be about the same as the energy I'm sure he would have had had he had been the number one pick. But Purdy said, look, I'm just happy to be chosen for a team. I'm happy somebody noticed me. This is an opportunity now for me to show what I can do. So you can call him Mr. Irrelevant all you want. He didn't mind the title at all. In fact, because Mr. Irrelevant became such a big thing, the Mr. Irrelevant gets his own celebration. Yeah. So this group, they make t-shirts, they make paraphernalia, they've got jerseys that say Mr. Irrelevant and they throw a celebration for person who gets that title. And that title went to Mr. Brock Purdy who got chosen by the San Francisco 49ers. So, which if you don't know, now you know. I'm a Niner fan. So, of course, I'm excited to see Purdy and what he does. Um, and he may be the kid that's going to be known as Mr. Irrelevant for a while. But, hey, like I said, he gets his own celebration, okay? So, to be chosen at all in the NFL draft has got to be a pretty amazing thing on its own. So, there it is. You know, whether you were first or whether you were last, you got chose to go to the NFL draft. You have now been picked to play at the highest level of this sport, and that is in the NFL. I mean, how much more exciting can that get other than the season getting ready to start? So congratulations to all the players. Congratulations to those that we may not be seeing that are joining these teams that are going to try out on their own. Congratulations to all of the picks and the 2022 NFL Draft. I cannot wait to see you all do your thing. All right, so speaking of doing their thing, um, what's next? Um, I guess we could say now that the draft has happened, it's like, okay, so what's going on now? Uh, well, for a lot of these players, they're getting ready to head over to rookie camp. That's right. So uh, a lot of these mini camps have already taken place. Rookie camp takes place. May 13th through the 15th, so that's coming up, um, where they're not going to do a whole lot of, you know, physicality on the field. It's more like a new job orientation. Here you go. First day on the job. This is what we're going to do. Go over paperwork. I mean, I can imagine that's probably what it's like. Um, but as far as the NFL, look, we've got training camps getting ready to start. We have, um, you know, most of your veteran players are getting ready to start. They actually don't go back on the field until June. But um, right now you've got voluntary camps and trainings happening. So in June 
everyone is required to show up so that's going to be interesting to see with some of these camps hopefully i get a chance to check out some of these camps i plan on heading over to dallas to see a couple of their camps a couple days of their camps as well so um the draft is over people and we are getting closer and closer to the nfl season so um that's just about my time actually that is my time uh, it's been my time but that's my time uh you have joined me in rose corner and you've got your nfl updates my way okay so when the season starts you'll get more nfl updates and highlights i cannot wait to highlight these games but uh stay with me uh join me again next week because this week the nfl schedule is coming out that's right the nfl schedule is going to be released may 12 people so we're going to get a schedule of who these teams are going to be playing if that's not something to get excited about well then here's something else you can get excited about there's going to be six international games on this schedule this year that's right we've got teams playing in other countries so i'm trying to get to london i've been there before but we've got games being played internationally okay first time in a long time we've had six games being played internationally in the nfl so come on you've got to be excited about that because i am excited about that people i'm just excited about football all right so look uh, that is my time no for real i gotta go so uh join me here next week it has been an absolute pleasure to be able to bring you some of the amazing updates i can't wait to talk to you again next week about more updates and what's going on because a lot of trades are actually still happening uh we're going to talk about contracts that some of these players are still waiting to be fulfilled and negotiated um and how some of these contracts don't look like they're going to be going the way that some of these players thought they were going to be going so that's my time join me next week i will see you again thank you all so much for joining me here at rose corner love you